Hey there, welcome to Fellowship Family Podcast, your one-stop shop for all things church life. I'm Mark Francis, once again, your host for today. We have empty seats around us if you're watching at home, and this is a special release of an episode here on our Fellowship Family Podcast for you. Several weeks ago, when we were initiating our uh, core value sermon series, we were able to share a video with you in the middle of that on the Love the Church Sunday. And that video was a condensed conversation that Mark Carey had with several young adults who attended an ecclesiology class with him several months ago. And Mark wanted to share that conversation with the congregation um, on a corporate gathering Sunday, but we here want to release that full, um, the full 40 minute or so plus conversation because there's plenty, plenty of different conversations and things that happened in there that I think would be relative to encourage you, the listening audience at home. So take a moment now to continue to listen to this podcast and uh, let Mark Carey take it away so you can hear their conversations. So last uh, winter, um, we kind of got together uh, in a class setting, so to speak, to talk about and discuss uh, the topic of the church. The technical term is ecclesiology. It's a big word, I realize, for some, but... uh, (laughs) Looked right at me. <laughs> Thanks, man. And um, so I, I want to ask you, what what did you come away with, and how did your understanding of the church or the value of the church change? What 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 sort of things um, do you feel were reinforced to you, or you gained in terms of the value of the the local church? Okay. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a good class. <laughs> no. I would think for me, it was like, especially coming out of COVID, um, uh, you know, you have a lot of people that do a lot of home church related things and think that that's good enough. And for me, after we had to do a little bit of home church with COVID, it, going through this class helped to remind me that being with the body of Christ is super important, like to be around people that can help teach you things, help to motivate you and like be there for you in your darkest moments and your highest highs and just like help like go through life together. And that's something that you can't just do in your home. Did God create us to live in isolation? No. So if I'm a part of a, just say a small group or a, um, you know, just a gathering of, of friends, then we get around and, you know, talk about the Bible every once in a while. Why is that not sufficient? I think it goes to accountability when you have a local church, particularly one like Fellowship Bible Church, um, when we're elder led and elders are selected using um, First Timothy or Titus 1 particularly, and there's a list of qualifications that are high and above reproach. When we look at those and we ask those people to lead us and we're going to submit to their leadership, not only do we have accountability, but we have people who are pouring into us mm-hmm. as they're willing to submit to God's authority ultimately because they're going to be held to a higher standard, I think, mm-hmm. in the end. Um, and ultimately, that's something that's different. If we just sit around and we talk about the Bible, there's no one who we can go to who's been around longer, who's had a longer time walking with the Lord um, to hold us accountable to speak the truth and to really understand what so, the Bible means. So, that is, so that's a key difference between just being a part of a small group and saying, well, I don't need to really be a part of a, of a, of a local organized church. I mean, I've got my small group. Um, leadership is uh, one of the key things, right? 
what else? What else uh, do you feel like was reinforced or, or that you gained or, or learned that uh, was uh, of, of value? Jeremy? I think for me it was, and it kind of ties off of what you were talking about, about leadership is a better understanding of leadership within the church. Um, specifically, you talked about, um, and I'm probably going to mispronounce the name, but Strauch's biblical eldership. Um, and what kind of sparked my mind was this idea of servant leadership and, you know, um, Christ-like elders that, that also respect God and His Word and, and encourage us as the body to get involved in His Word and, and stay, you know, connected and stuff. I, I just find that super impactful and something I didn't have growing up. So leadership, local church leadership is, is crucial to be a part of a, of a church where there's multiple leaders and that, um, as it says in Hebrews, watch over your, uh, our souls, uh, keep watch over as those who are going to give an account. What other things were reinforced, uh, principles or concepts that maybe you were aware of, but uh, it just kind of, it, it was driven home more to you? I think another one for me was my posture and, and like purpose of worship, just because I had this mindset that, um, you know, the music had to be great or, you know, the, the sound had to be fantastic in order to come and, and, and enjoy myself, if you will. But that's not really what scripture calls us to, you know, and, and having um, an intimate relationship with God within the moment of worshiping here is is pretty cool. And it completely made me rethink how I even come into worship on Monday morning or Monday mornings, listen to me, Sunday mornings. <laughs> Just my entire heart posture, just to think about that, you know what I mean, is something that was super impactful to me. Yeah. We also talked more about how it's not just music. I mean, I feel like people say that a lot, that it's that worship's more than music, and you're like, oh yeah, you can sing for the Lord, and you can dance for the Lord. Mm -hmm. But we walked through like the history of worship, and how before they even did sing songs, how they still worshiped God, and... Uh, just that we kind of can take that for granted sometimes. It's like, well, I sang a song, I worship today, but there's so many other ways and there's a, a lot of depth to worship that I feel like we sometimes miss out on or mm -hmm. we just overlook in our day-to-day -day lives. So, so ca can you worship by yourself though? And what's the value of the corporate gathering of worship? You get that oneness with the body when you're worshiping together. It's very different when you're just at home or even singing and worshiping in your car. When you're around other people in the body of Christ, you're like sharing that moment and you're feeling just like hundreds of other believers that are in this with you and you're all corporately worshiping God together. It's way more powerful than when you're just by yourself in your car or at home. It reinforces the concept that I am not an entity of myself. Yeah. I am part of something bigger. Yeah. And that, that uh, picture in, in Corinthians of the body, I might be a nose or an ear or an eye, but I'm part of something uh, l much larger. Uh, and as we harmoniously come together in unity in worship, um, it, it, there's a pretty powerful uh, impact that takes place in us. Well, and that's also, I think it's important to recognize that. And, you know, that's one of the reasons why you want to be involved in a local church, too, is because you know, in 1 Corinthians 12, I think it was verse 14, um, for, the, for the body is a member, but it's of many people. Um, and, and so just having the idea that you can be in that corporate gathering feeling so much emotion and love for God is, 
super powerful that impacts you rather than just being like by yourself or something, so. So do you think you, let me ask you this, do you think you can grow spiritually um, apart from being vitally involved in, in a local church? Or, or, or well, let, let me ask you that. Can you say the question again? How, how, <laughs> how, how is our spiritual life enhanced? Personal, our personal spiritual walk with the Lord enhanced by being a part of a local church family. Uh, can't I just, in, in my alone, uh, if I was alone uh, on a desert island, couldn't I grow spiritually? I mean, uh, what, 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 where, where's the value of the local church in terms of my, my own personal spiritual walk? Why do I need to be a part of a local church to, to grow spiritually? I mean, we were built you turn to me like you <laughs> I, I think some of that is we were created for community, right? Community between us and the Lord, but also created for community with each other. So uh, much more so as um, those of us who are now part of a larger family, I think that there's encouragement that we can get from one another. Um, just just exchanging stories of how the Lord's working in our lives and... Um, uh, Ephesians 19, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. There's a, a, an admonition to encourage each other through songs, hymns, and spiritual songs, and telling stories and um, being involved in each other's lives. And I think that's just an outworking of um, the community that the Lord has built because of His Son. And as believers, we receive the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit gives us the power to love others like Christ loved others. I mean, Christ's greatest commandment was to love God with everything we've got, and then the second was to love others just as we would love ourselves. And some of the greatest love that I've experienced, and I think we could all say the same, has been from other believers. And that is some of the strongest love that we'll ever feel because it is the love of Christ being lived out in someone else's life. It is overflowing from them because they have experienced the love of Christ in a way that is so deep and personal that we are able to experience that overflowing from them. And if we don't have that Christian community, we don't get to experience God's love the same as if we were by ourselves. I mean, can, can unbelievers, pe people who are not part of the body of Christ, can they even love in the... In the in, not in the same it's way. It's incomparable. Yeah. It's different. Yeah. Yeah, it's different. Because it, 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 God is love. God is the one who, so it's, it's in the true and pure sense, it, it, it can only take place within the body of Christ. Jesus said in John 13, 35, they'll know you're my disciples if you have love for one another. Mm -hmm. And so that's another thing. What, what, what is the value, or let's put it this way, what is the purpose of the church in this world? Um, what, what's, what, what is the value of the, the local churches and what is God's heart for the church placed in this world? I think at least part of that has to go back to um, Matthew 28, right? Jesus came up and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. That's the, I mean, that was his final commandment, right? Go and make disciples, not just 
not not just you know bring people to a to an understanding of who I am and what I've done for them, but make disciples in um, all that I commanded you. And also, I would say to make make truth known to a world that that is darkened and does does not have this light uh, level of understanding and. The, the one thing we all have in common is that we are born sinners. We're um, under condemnation from day one. And so um, we all possess that sin nature of the flesh. But what, what's amazing is, you know, the, we all have the same solution too. And I think that's, you know, when we're, um, there's, there's, that's when you boil down to the bare bones facts, we all need a savior. And so the church is, is meant to illuminate and to, not you know not necessarily for and this is where I kind of um, uh, this was a misconception I had was the church was in some ways for unbelievers too and this was a huge thing that I never understood that the church is is for believers it's for the growth of believers it's not it's not the arena for unbelievers to um, it's not the primary arena maybe for unbelievers to come to and I, nothing wrong with inviting unbelievers to church but uh, the church is for believers and their growth. Um, the, the, Paul said in, in uh, 1 Timothy 3, it's the, at 15, it's the pillar and support of truth. Mm -hmm. So you think of, the, of, of a building, it's the pillar and support. It lifts up, it holds up truth. For whom? Well, for, really for the world. Uh, going back to uh, make disciples of all nations. It's, 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 uh, so if we're not a part of a local church, going back to the valley of the leadership where the the truth is is being protected and guarded we're not being involved in one another's lives where we're growing spiritually then what are we presenting to to the world and um, it ends up being um, a lot of man-made opinions or, or 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 situations that you wouldn't want the world to to hear about um, go ahead no, something that um, really stood out to me um, was really processing through what it means as the church is the body of Christ. And so we are called to be Christ to each other. Um, and that to me just really impacted me because that's how we relate to each other. And I think of in Ephesians 4, um, Paul's writing to the church and he's like, you guys aren't like the Gentiles anymore. You've been called to this new life. And um, verse 32 says, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God and Christ forgave you. So we are called to be Christ to one another. And we have to do that in the context of the local church. Um, and so, you know, if Abby offends me, I have to forgive her just as Christ forgave me. And so it's that living out, it's that sanctifying relationship that we're called to do. And when that is done dynamically and organically in the body of Christ, that speaks volumes to a world where they play by different rules. Um, now, of course, sadly, if the church doesn't follow the scriptures and follow, then, you know, it's, it's, uh, we've seen what that does. That's right. <laughs> and it, 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 it starts looking like the world and then we, um, we've lost our saltiness and, uh, we're hiding the light under the bushel basket, so to speak, and it's not doing, we're, we're, not, we're not living out what we've been called to live out. What other things stand out in your mind about the value of, of the church? One of the other things that we talked about, and I can't remember exactly where in the word it is, but um, talking about it being a temple for the believers to come in, and, and it's the sacred ground and the holy ground, you know, to worship Jesus and stuff. So that's one thing that I think is super important to 
realizes that's one of the purposes is again what we're saying here though is to come together as a group but it is it's a place of um importance you know it's it's set as a, a temple temple is normally a word of you know importance back in the day and that kind of stuff with kings and whatever um but that that was something that kind of stuck out to me too is you know this is a temple this is this is important <laughs> um so. Yeah, and the warning uh, that is given in 1 Corinthians uh, 3 uh, that says, um, uh, verse 16, what, what, what the passage you were referring to, Jeremy, do you not know that you are a temple of God? And, and he's talking plural, not individual. So the, the collective local church, do you not know that you are a temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? And if anyone destroys the temple of God, God will destroy him for the temple of God is holy and that is what you are. So what does that say about the, about how God views the, the church? Yeah, I mean, the, the passage that I was actually thinking of next is Acts twenty twenty eight, um, And this, this reads, careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. And there's nothing else that God has obtained with His own blood. That's right. And it's only the Church of the Church of Christ that He's He's bought with His blood, and that's the utmost value. So that raises it infinitely in terms of, of value. Um, that Jesus would come down and shed His blood for us, and that, uh, um, like you're saying, that no other no other place does that. So um, I think it's sorry to interrupt there but I think it's also important to realize too like as a congregation or somebody that just comes in on Sundays that this is an important place to be do you know what I mean like if you didn't get into scripture and read what we just read a normal person that just came probably wouldn't get that interpretation you know what I mean and so that's why I also think this class was super beneficial because we were able to dive into particular scriptures that proved how important coming to church and being together as a body really is um, yeah, so oftentimes people think of a church as a location. Mm -hmm. I attended church today at 3217 Middle Road or something like that. But when you start using terms like it's the temple of God, the spirit of God dwells within us. And the warning, be careful. If, if, if Jesus shed his blood to redeem the church as that, that endearing um, uh, uh, we could say bride of Christ, if, um, if that's true, uh, we, we better not take it lightly. Or for and, granted either. And for granted. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you feel like you, as you come, say, on a Sunday, and even and then in the various other gatherings, uh, you've had a little bit of a different perspective of the sense of the of the holy, you know, it says for you are holy. I mean, that's, you, there's something um, of, of great infinite worth. And so how we treat one another, how we gather, that the sense of awe that is, should be displayed, that, that's been enhanced for you. I think that unfortunately someone, what can happen is someone who grows up in a church um, who's blessed to be in a church where they get to experience that all the time, they can become numb to it. Mm -hmm. And they don't understand, we just talked about this a little bit, and 
ultimately what can happen is they attend church, they sing the songs, and it becomes part of a routine. Mm -hmm. And something that I found very helpful when we did this class is just like Jeremy said, not only do I get to experience it, I get to see, oh my goodness, look at the impact being here for a long time has had on my life. And I didn't even realize the value of what was happening and what I was experiencing. Um, I something We were mentioning worship a little bit and something that I really appreciated was getting to hear perspectives from Mike Lukens and from other people about what worship in a corporate place looks like and why it is so important. Because, I mean, that's just a kind of a value that I have coming to this church. It's something that I'm not going to be able to experience if I just go talk about the Bible with somebody else. Um, and when we do have corporate worship, sometimes, I mean, we were talking about the the awesome part about being able to sing with other people. Sometimes I just need other people to sing and I'm just gonna listen because there are some times when I'm here that I just need to be encouraged by other people. Whoever's up here singing. And believe me, Cole, we, we really appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, yeah, that's funny. Um, but um, that's just an encouraging part for me, for sure. And it's always different. We Mark use a saying that to you is encouraging. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we, have, we, have, we have a bunch of different unique ways of worshiping corporately here. Um, it's not just one type of song. Um, we get to read scripture together. We get to listen to scripture. We get to sing different types of songs. And ultimately, I think it's a good way to rehearse the gospel so that when we leave this place, we are that light of the world and we haven't lost our saltiness because we're leaving after rehearsing that together. So what do you think are some of the things that keep a church from being what we really are called to be? What are some of the hindrances to that, 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 are, that, are, that are neutralizing our impact in the world uh, as expressions of the body of Christ in the world? I think one's pride. Mm. Um, we got into leadership a little bit. I think a lot of places, a lot of churches, local bodies that have issues it really comes down to pride of leadership most of the time. Um, I've finished listening to Christianity, Christianity Today's The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill podcast. Um, it's just a really sad story about how pride infiltrated a senior leader of Mars Hill Church in Seattle, and eventually it brought all of those campuses, all of those bodies down with it. And there's a lot of trauma, a lot of spiritual trauma that those members experienced because of the way that pride worked in one person's life. And elder-led churches that have a bunch of people that are accountable to God and to each other, um, pride is something that may not infiltrate as easily. But in 1 Corinthians, right after we talked about God's temple, like the next verse, verse 18, 1 Corinthians 3.18 says, Let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you thinks he is wise in this age, let him become a fool, that he may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is folly with God. For it is written, He catches the wise in their craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, and they are futile. Let no one boast in men, for all things are yours, whether Paul, Apollos, Cephas, or the world, or life, or death, or the present, or the future. All are yours, and you are Christ's, and Christ is God's. It kind of talks about how, yes, we are God's temple. Next verse, pride isn't going to help you there. Yeah. And, and that was the problem in the Corinthian church. I am of Paul. I am of Paulus. There was, we were, yeah, they were looking at things. And then 
Yeah, that really uh, doesn't sit well with the world. It seems like the unbelievers have a great nose for hypocrisy. They can sniff out pride and hypocrisy. And uh, so many times the church can do that. What, what other hindrances uh, to ineffectiveness of, the, of a church? I think another really big one is um, we're in a we're in a culture now, and it's not just in America; it's all across the world. We're incredibly individualistic, like with cell phones and internet. Like we're always having to put out an image. We're always focused on who we are, what we do, and I think churches can kind of fall into that trap where they're trying to like start off well, like point out like this is who we are as a church and this is what we do, but they can get so hung out hung up on putting out that image of what we are instead of pointing to who God is. And, and very quickly you can fall into pride, like look how great we are, or you can fall into being incredibly self-conscious. We're not getting these numbers, we're not seeing growth, or you even start, like people are changing the way they dress. Just it's all focused on the material and not focused on like the real reason why we're supposed to be here and what we're supposed to do. And there's a huge consumeristic. Yeah. Were you yeah. gonna say that? That's exactly what I was saying. <laughs> Go for it, Take go it. for it. No, no you no, got it. No, You're all in. you brother. <laughs> Hands off, man. No, no. It's just, oh, my. It's a, it's a, I think there's a very big consumeristic mindset within the American church. And I don't, I can't speak for the rest of the world, but certainly in the American church where we're blessed materialistically. And, um, you know, you can judge, you can judge the music, you can judge the sermon, you can judge the production, you can judge any number of things um, that you want to when you, you can, the appearance, the, the church, the way it feels, the, but it's all distracting from, from who God is, like you said, that's the ultimate point. Right, you often hear this term church shopping, right? Like, like we're going around looking for what fits us perfectly. And you know, I mean, I get what that term is, is attempting to say, but I think it betrays a certain degree of, we have a poor understanding of what our role is supposed to be in the local body, as opposed to thinking that the church is this, you know, um, group of people who are hired by this building to to minister to me in a way that brings some sort of emotional response that I can ride for the rest of the week, you know, as opposed to really understanding, man, what it, what, what, what was the Lord's heart for um, bringing together people in a local community to encourage one another and disciple one another? And so we just get caught up in, in this doesn't work for me, so I'm just going to go look for something else. Yeah. yeah. Well, again, it's like, where's your heart posture? You know what I mean? I think we tend to lean on emotional feelings and everything else that's going on in the world, may per se, you know, and it's, you got to revert back to, at least for me, it was like, whoa, like you're turning way over to other things that are so materialistic and so me, me, me mindset. And I was like, what in the world? You know what I mean? So, and I can definitely see that in culture today. It's, it's very well, you know, I want the church to be this way, or I want this, and I want that, and it's like, hold up. <laughs> that is not what this is and supposed the, to be. <laughs> and the irony is that um, those, those might be real needs and real desires, and, and we, you know, we can't discount that. But the irony is, it's in, as Jesus said, it's when you lose your life that you gain it. It's when you kind of die to self that you really begin to live. And, and, and gathering in a local church is the great opportunity to experience that, to do that, as we devote to one another in love and brotherly love, as we, as we empty ourselves and, and serve, as we come and said, okay, it's not gonna be about me, 
it's going to be about him. In that process of kind of dying to self, we find life. So the very things that we're kind of shopping around for, which we'll never find, because it's, God is never going to meet us in that, that self-centeredness. It's when we give that up and then come without our agendas and expectations that God all of a sudden meets us and fills us and we find, hey, this, th this is where it is at. And uh, so I, I think that's the irony of, of, of that. Any other things that hinder? Yeah, so I was thinking um, fear of man instead of fear of God, I'm specifically. Oh, look that. at us on the same page. Um, but specifically, culture is now, especially in America, going to church used to be a cultural thing, and now it is not. Christianity, Jesus is not as friendly to the culture, and so you see people kind of bowing to what culture has instead of fear of God and what he's called us to be and to stand firm in the truth. Well, and tied right directly with that is just simply gathering. And so you look at um, Hebrews 10, 24, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching. That's, I, I just think at a very basic level you have to. Sanctification is, the, is God's work. We know that, but, but being present in the body is, is needed. In, in our in our growth process too. So, uh, you, you, you all of you are uh, obviously younger than I am. Um, what we'll give it away? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but um, you, as you would look at your generation, um, on a scale of one to ten, ten being the highest, one being insignificant. How uh, what, how does your generation? How would they view, and, and let's start with, with say, the Christian, the Christian uh, generation, how would they view the, the, the local church? How, what, what, would, what would be, I don't realize that it's just your opinion, but how would you see that? Say about a four. Okay. I would think a four. Just because um, it's just been a trend uh, with every generation. You have less and less people our age that stay in church. So they're losing that side of what the value of church is. And it just quickly becomes something that you just check off on Sunday. And you just, like Ben said, ride the high um, until the end of the week and then come back. Or you only go to church if it's something you absolutely need. Like you're at a really low point. And so it just basically becomes like a drug for you. You only go when you need it. You don't go when it's just something that you just need to do all the time. Yeah, or they are willing to read the scripture and talk about it. They go to Starbucks on Monday morning and they get their coffee and they have their Bible open and they take a picture of it. And they're having, <clears throat> I'm not saying, <laughs> I'm not saying that's a bad thing to do. Um, what, what Starbucks? <laughs> uh, but they're having good spiritual conversations. Maybe they're talking with another person, but they might not be plugged into a local church. I know that even at Liberty, when I went to Liberty University, there were a lot of people that were not involved in a local church. They go to a Christian university, they have convocation at least twice a week, sometimes more, and they're hearing all these great spiritual things, but there's not that accountability, there's not that discipleship, unless you're intentional about going to that local church. I mean, the thing that I missed when I was there, and that I think a lot of college students miss, is there's not an older generation pouring into them like there is at a local church. 
And that's something that I know that we as young adults really appreciate about being involved in a local church because there are older people who I serve alongside, who we serve alongside that can teach us and mentor us and disciple us. And that's not something that I really had. It was peer leading a peer and sometimes blind leading the blind when I was at college because we were trying to go through the same mess together. And we, um, that, go ahead. So that's another value then of the right. local church yeah. that you're sharing is, that. is the generational uh, di yeah. diversity. Yeah. yeah. What, what else, any other, what's your, your perspective, uh, what's your peers, what, uh, how they would view the, the relevancy of the church? I would say a four or five too, especially with young adults, I think just coming out of like college, you know what I mean? And, and even if you're plugged in somewhere locally and then going off to school at that point and then trying to find a community there and going to different churches and all of that kind of stuff, church hopping or shopping or whatever you said. Um, what's that? <laughs> bopping? bopping. Oh, church bopping uh, can give you like a a bad impression maybe you had a bad relationship at, at one of the churches or something wasn't taught right and it made you question or something and then you would bring that back you know to your local area and you're like I'm just done with this like I don't really want to go to church I don't want to participate that kind of stuff you know what I mean so I think there's something to be said for those that may be plugged in in the beginning but then go off to school and may lose their way and then come back because we see a lot of that even in like Keystone um, the young adult ministry though you know they come to us on Thursdays or whatever, and then they may go to school and may not have a community at school, so may derail or whatever, and then come back at their deepest low, and then, you know what I mean? So I, I think there's a little bit of that, too. I would say four or five with Ashley, but. So if you, if, if you had the opportunity, if, if, if a friend like that came to you and said, so, so I, 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 I see that you, you're really involved in your church, um, why? What, 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 why is that a value to you? What would you tell that friend? What would, you, what would be the one thing you would want them to hear that would help draw them back into, into a, a vital relationship with the church? Like a, a non-believer? Well, I was thinking of a, of a believer. Of a believer, okay. Be, yep, of, of, of a, of a of a person who, who knows Christ, but is just kind of, does not see the value of, of the church. And they're asking you, so what, why are you so involved in the church? What, what, I don't get it. What, it hasn't really meant much to me. Why, why does it mean so much to you? That's, I guess that's the question. Why does it mean so much to you? What would be your answer? Yeah. I mean, I, I would just point straight back, first, first and foremost, to some of the passages we've, we've talked about of the value that the Lord has for um, His church, His body. And then beyond that, you know, point to the reality of our life and the hopelessness that we have at times. Mm -hmm. And when, we're, when, we aren't, um, when we aren't in a vertical uh, relationship with God, when we've, when we've strayed, you know, and um, we need to be encouraged and reminded and, and sing with other believers in unity and and be encouraged in that way um that I, yeah that i mean that that to me is is the value one of the biggest values of being amongst other believers is hope because i that's that's what i struggle with sometimes is finding hope in what life. would you say they're, they're asking you why why is it so important to you what would you say for me it's it it keeps being in the body of christ keeps me from being um complacent 
and it keeps me from growing bitter. Um, I think that if you're left alone long enough, you will find something to be bitter about and um, you just end up getting wrapped up in it and you end up searching for meaning like an unbeliever searches for meaning and you already have the meaning and you're just basically going in circles when you already have the answer. How quickly we can forget and be easily deceived mm -hmm. uh, and, and especially when you're in isolation and alone. Yeah. What, what, what else? What, what would some of you say? I mean, I, I, have, I have a friend who's doing that right now. Good friend of mine from, from Bible school. And he's bad church experience and feels like he got burned by leadership in that context. And so he's kind of like, okay, I'll take Jesus, but not church, not the entity, the institution, whatever it is. Um, <clears throat> and he's just like kind of calling back to your Roman series about, you know, there's death or life, not just in a, in a permanent sense in, you know, physical death or eternal life sort of thing, but there's, there's abundant life that we can have here now, or there's the experience of death that we're going to continue to, and I see that in his life in every aspect. He's just, he's hopeless, and just, you get that, like, man, You've got nothing to, nothing to live for, nothing that's driving you, nothing that gives you any sense of life. And that has been slowly my admonition to him as much as possible. It's like, look, man, the, the reason that the Lord, part of the reason that the Lord encourages us to be in community with, with one another is for that experience of Christ in each other that, that brings us life, that calls us to and experiencing that life with Christ in a relationship with him. Yeah, so kind of, I see what you're saying, Ben, and I would agree because for me, um, what's important to me about church is that's a way that I can so clearly see God's love for me with the people that I'm interacting with, doing life together, not only, you know, reminding me of truth, reminding me that God loves me and just how they love me, but also loving me enough to call me out of my sin. Um, you know, it's not just warm and fuzzy, but it's like, I love you so much that I don't want you to continue in that. And I think that's what's really key about being part of the church. Why is the church meaningful to you? Any other thoughts sweet i mean i would piggyback off of what emma said i alluded to it earlier the, and i'll say it again the love that we experience in a local body is unique because it is god's love mm -hmm. and we're not going to experience that kind of love from non-believing friends who aren't experiencing god's love themselves and it is very encouraging i think it's very encouraging to be able to experience that and see that and even just to see other people loving one another it's it's cool because you're literally watching God's love taking place. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it's something that love is a word that is really hard to describe to people, but it's really easy to show people how it, like what it is. It's hard to describe it, but it's easy to show what it is. So it's just a blessing to be able to sit back sometimes and even just watch other people loving and serving because it's just encouraging and it's meaningful. And it's a teaching moment too. Yeah. Well, you guys are the future of the church. Um, you, you represent God help really, us all. <laughs> no, no, you, you, you are the future, future of the church. And I, I do think that um, if, if every local church could have people like you, that next generation, um, we would leave, I think, very encouraged. So thanks for allowing God to use you to, to, to grow you 
within the value and to see the value of the local church and be so vitally involved in it. If this is the future of the church, um, God's got to be very pleased. So thank you. Well, thank you, Mark. And uh, it was really a great stimulating conversation to know how we're called to love the body of Christ, the church, um, and not just understand that we are here to gather and then go home, but we are the body of Christ to help each other out and what that looks like. So thank you guys for that conversation. Continue to listen to our podcasts all over the place. We have the Sermon Spotlight. We have the Global Church um, Podcast as well. And thank you for listening to this special edition. We're going to continue to engage in a few episodes to come releasing on each Friday of what are the different ministries happening here at Fellowship Bible Church. So thank you for watching and listening. Continue to submit your notes to us. We want to hear from you. And until we chat again, let Christ be the center of our lives each and every day. 